understands uh, what it is, uh, what's going on with it. If your relatives leave, leave you a million bucks, oh, that's fun, right? Uh, you say, I like money now, but if uh, the, uh, the letter in the mailbox says internal revenue service, man, that can be a dread. It's like, uh-oh, you know, this, you, you open and you kind of peek in and you wonder, do I even open it? Do I just throw it away? What do we do with it? You know, but you know, when speaking about money in our Christian lives, um, the same responses are possible there as well. It can be with, uh, with great joy or it could be with great dread. It kind of depends. Hey, if you got a good job and the money's going well and everything's coming in just fine, and boy, it's like, yep, we're giving and we're tithing and we're giving extra and we're giving to building fund and we're giving to this and we're giving to that and giving to that. But boy, the job goes south and things go away and you're uh, struggling just to be faithful in tithes and and uh, boy, money can become a worry and a dread at times. And uh, but if we take money out of the equation, just money itself. What I want to look at here tonight, what we're talking about here tonight in chapter 9, is the word increase. Now, we like the word increase when uh, it comes to money, right? Does anybody be like, man, I am just so sick of getting more money. Ugh, just stop, you know. Maybe there's somebody out there like that. I, it, I'm not one of them, okay? And so uh, we're watching. Our house is going to finally be finished. We'll finally get into a, uh, a, a note, a loan. And does anybody know where interest rates are right now? They're like seven and a quarter percent. Yeah, terrible. And I'm going, uh-oh. God knows. Amen. God knows. But uh, we, we like increase when it comes to money. But did you know in God's economy, the effect of giving, and I'm going to explain this tonight because I, I, I hope I can be clear. The effect of giving is contrary really to God's design of the universe give you something to chew on. Okay. So notice here in chapter nine, for us touching the ministry of the saints, we just read this, I believe Sunday night. It is superfluous for me to write to you for I know the forwardness of your mind for which I boast of you to the Macedonia that Achaia was ready a year ago and your zeal hath provoked very many. Yet I Yet have I sent the brethren, lest our boastings of you should be in vain in this behalf, that as I said, ye may be ready, lest happily, if they uh, of Macedonia come with me and find you unprepared, we, that we say not ye, should be ashamed in this same confident boasting. Therefore I thought it necessary to exhort the brethren that they would go before unto you and make up beforehand your bounty, where have you had noticed before that the same might be ready as a matter of bounty and not of covetousness? But this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly, and he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Every man according as he purposeth in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that ye, always having all sufficiency in all things, may abound to every good work. As it is written, he hath dispersed abroad, he hath given to the poor, his righteousness remaineth forever. Now he that ministereth seed to the sower, both ministereth bread for your food, and multiplieth your seed sown, and increase the fruit of your righteousness being enriched in every good thing. I'm sorry, in everything to all bountifulness, which causeth 
through us thanksgiving to God. And so we're going to look at these verses here tonight. But I want you, I want to remind you that first of the law, the law of cause and effect. We have observed aspects of our universe and, and, and of our world. And we, uh, or I should say uh, the, the scientific world, the, the, the smart world, have defined them. And there are laws that they realize that our universe operates under. And uh, I mean... It's so interesting to me that these people are, are by and large, probably 90% of them are Darwinian evolutionists, and they agree there is a law. There are laws within the universe, but in order to have a law, you have to have a lawgiver, because laws don't just come of their own. Anyway, we have laws. We have laws of within our universe that we see and that they see that they observe. And even when you think about the law of thermodynamics, that second law is essentially this. Everything left to itself decays. It is the, the, the uh, effect of entropy, which if you uh, a house not lived in will fall apart sooner than a house lived in. Isn't that amazing? Uh, a lot of times because you upkeep them, but just things that are left to themselves, they just decay and they go away. And so we live in a world we live that is constantly decaying. Now, we would have to note that most likely we know that that decay started after the fall, uh, not before the fall. But still, where we are today, we are decaying. Our world is decaying. Uh, buildings decay. Automobiles decay. Right, Micah? You had to spend a bunch of money to get that thing back working. He found out that there's things that you have to replace on them. Why? Because Breaks decay, right? They go away and things like that. How many have realized your body decays? Oh, it's decaying. It's like uh, you're, you're not quite what you used to be, right? And uh, we could go on and on about that. But God created this universe within these laws. And they are, let me say it this way, they're his laws. They're his laws. They don't work outside of the bounds of his law. And so when I'm thinking about laws, there's another law that we have observed, and it is the law of cause and effect. Cause and effect. Every action has a greater or equal reaction. All right? You want me to illustrate this? Sure you do. Come here, Brendan. I'll, I'll illustrate it. He, he would love to do this. He, is a, he, he did so well the last time. When was it? That was a long time ago. It's been a long time. Cause and effect. Every action has a greater or equal. Oh, you can come right here, right in the camera. He's tough. He, he's, he's a pretty tough guy. But if I just push him, what happened? Be yeah, I know. He's gonna, what, what's the reaction? He's going to hit me here in a minute, right? No, no. But watch. I, what was the cause? My cause? I pushed him. What was the reaction? He, he went backward. He wasn't ready for it. I, if, he had, if I had warned him, he probably wouldn't have gone backward, right? I'd had really, I'd had to run and, and jump at him and make him go backward. That was, okay, that's cause effect. Thank you. You can sit down. Here's another one. Here's a cause. You like that one, right? Effect. Cause and effect. Look at that. There it goes. <laughs> yeah. Right? Every action has a greater or equal reaction. Now, some reactions, as whoever's doll that is, might have their own reaction as well. Like, you just threw my doll, right? Actually, we, we get this, all right? We understand this. The entire universe operates within the bounds of this law. It's God's law. He created it this way. There's nothing we can do to alter it. 
Everything we do, everything we say, every, everything that, every action that goes out has a reaction. Now, another law that, for lack of a better word, I can't really think of a better word to say other than that is attached to the law of cause and effect would be the law of sowing and reaping. Sowing and reaping, right? And there's several things that we've looked at about sowing and reaping. Uh, some have a list of four things. Some have a list of ten things. Um, I, I don't have a big list like that of a few things written down that you think about. There's some that are just just uh, blatantly obvious, right? You sow before you reap, right? Cause, effect, right? You, you don't ever reap before you sow. That would be totally contrary to God's law, okay? But we sow before we reap. Sowing involves, actually when you think about it, sowing involves faith and risk. Risk, right? John 12, 24, Jesus said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a corn of wheat uh, fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it, but if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. I mean, and, and we see there, obviously, um, speaking of the resurrection, really, but, um, but there is a risk involved in sowing. There's faith involved in sowing. It's possible that you sow seed and drought come and it all dies and withers up and it goes away. But what is happening, the seed has to die first before it can produce fruit. So there's a little bit, there is risk involved. There's faith involved. Sowing takes more time than reaping. How many have uh, planted a garden? With Martin, how much time do you spend uh, getting the soil ready? Maybe you built boxes. Maybe you brought the dirt in. I mean, maybe if you live out and you got a lot of land and you got a harrow or you got a, a tiller and you're tilling up land and you're putting all this labor in and uh, you're planting seed and you're making the roads and all of this stuff, a lot of labor, right? But when it comes time to pick the beans, it doesn't take very long, does it? Just kind of walk the rows. You're picking berries or you're pulling the potatoes out of the ground, not nearly as long as it took to actually sow. So really, I mean, they both take work, but really sowing, it seems to take more work than it does to reap. Reaping is in direct proportion to sowing. Reaping is in direct proportion to sowing. Somebody said this, the size of the harvest is always determined at the time of planting. Hmm. Think about that. When you're sowing, you are determining what kind of what kind of harvest you're going to have. One time, my uncle wanted to plant about an acre of corn, and my aunt said, "I'm not. I go ahead. I ain't doing nothing. But I ain't having nothing to do with it. I'm not planting a whole acre of corn, right? I mean, they, and they had a big farm, and they always had stuff. But uh, what was he going to get? He was going to get a lot more corn, obviously, right? Than just planting a row or two in the garden. He wanted a whole acre of it, and." Uh, he was determining the size of his harvest when he said, I think we're going to plant an acre of corn. <laughs> and she says, have fun. I'm not picking it all. I'm not pulling it all off. Yeah. We used to say this in the office when I was in sales, the more in the hopper, the more that comes out of the bottom. Yeah. It's just, it's the law. It is a law of sowing and reaping. The more you sow, the more you are going to get back. And we know this also, the type of seed determines the type of fruit. We know that. You don't plant an apple seed and get uh, get a kumquat, okay? It doesn't happen, okay? You plant an apple seed, you get an apple. And eventually, you're going to reap more than you sow most of the time. For they that have sown to the wind, and they shall reap a whirlwind. It says over in Hosea, that law of sowing and reaping.
Get this. One seed of corn. I've mentioned this before. This is incredible. Produces a stock which can produce two to ten ears of corn. And with with two to ten ears of corn, you can have anywhere from 500 to 1,200 kernels, depending on the type of the corn. Okay? So we could say that for certain types of corn, one seed could potentially produce 10,000 new seeds. One seed could potentially produce 10,000 new seeds. And if all of those seeds were planted, think about this now, it would potentially produce 100 million seeds in just two generations from one. That's incredible. That's incredible. Here's another law. Seed that is sown in secret will eventually be seen. Where we lived in Aurora, and next to the uh, next to the the gym building there at at Fellowship Baptist Church, one summer their watermelon came up out by the side door. <laughs> Who planted watermelon? Well, no, it was whoever spit their seeds out. Who was ever out there spitting seeds at a at a picnic, spitting their watermelon? They eventually came up. They may have never been seen, but it was seen eventually. Somebody. Somebody got seeds out there. Yeah. Here's another one. The one reaping is not always the one who did the sowing. Yeah. John 4, 37 through 38. And herein is that saying true. One soweth and another reapeth. I sent you to reap that whereon ye bestowed no labor. Other men labored and ye are entered into their labor. So what am I saying? So we have the law of cause and effect that undergirds the law of sowing and reaping. They're unalterable. You can't change this. You can't change this, okay? Now, in our text here, these laws apply spiritually as well. They apply spiritually. Galatians 6, 8 says, For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption, but he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life Everlasting. So we see the law of sowing and reaping applies spiritually as well. And 1 Corinthians chapter 9 is really a chapter, I say, of cause and effect of sowing and reaping when it comes to spiritual things. Verse 1 and 2, the Corinthians had already desired to give uh, to the poor saints at Jerusalem. They were taking up a collection. They thought it was necessary. We looked at this back uh, last Sunday night, uh, back in Romans chapter uh, 15 it was. And their desire to give to these churches provoked other churches to get on board. And they said, yeah, that's a great idea. We are here because of the faithfulness of the church at Jerusalem, sending out people to start churches all over the place. We have the gospel today. We have been saved by the grace of God. Uh, yeah, let's go. I think it'd be a wonderful thing to help them in their need. And so it provoked other churches to do so. In verses three and four, Paul is sending some brethren to get the money collected and uh, that they're going to take up, that he's going to take up to Jerusalem. And he tells them in verse five, hey, get ready before I show up. Okay. Have it all ready. Have it, uh, ha- have it ready to go there. 
And like he says here, therefore I thought it necessary, verse 5, to exhort the brethren that they would go before you to make up beforehand your bounty. The word bounty, I said it last Sunday night, means a promised gift. You had promised to give this gift. Make sure you have it ahead of time. And then in verse 6 now, he's going to encourage them with the law of sowing and reaping. If for some reason they're, they're coming to get the money, they're coming to pick up the offering, maybe, maybe some haven't all participated, not everybody's jumped on board, he's going to help them out here. Those that have given and, give, and, and are giving, he's going to encourage them as well. And he says it here in verse uh, 6, But this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly, and he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. So here he is telling them and on, 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 uh, within the uh, giving to the saints at Jerusalem, this whole concept of giving an offering, he is now bringing in the law of sowing and reaping and cause and effect. Right? You're going to reap more than you sow. You're going to sow little, you're going to get little. Right? If your action is small, the reaction is going to be small, right? If I flip Brendan in the head, he might go, flip me back, right? If I punched him in the nose, he may have tried to pick me up and body slam me or wait till he got a car and run over me. I mean, there's all sorts of ways. You got you to watch us little guys. We're really mean and you got to be, you got to watch him, right? He might get me 10 years later when I'm not even ready for it, right? So, yeah, reaction, right? So a little reaction, little 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 cause, little reaction. Here it is. Uh, sowing sparingly, reap sparingly, so bountifully shall also reap bountifully. Now notice verse 7 though. There is one difference though in giving in God's economy. Here's one difference, right? Look at this. Every man as he purposeth in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. Not grudgingly, not of necessity. He's speaking the context. Is this, is, is this offering, remember there are tithes and then there's offerings. He's talking about offerings here, above and beyond a tithe. He's talking about it for these saints in Jerusalem. He, he's saying, listen, give, give as your heart wants to give. Right? Not grudgingly. <sighs> comes another offering, right? Here, here we go again. Not of necessity. We'll get into this just a little bit later. But I, I notice this. God loveth a cheerful giver. Hold on a minute. This, watch, a cheerful giver is where God gets involved in the equation. We know the laws, right? Cause and effect. Sowing and reaping. We know the laws. But when it comes to giving, giving like this, when it comes to giving... When it's, when it's done with a cheerful heart, all of a sudden God's going to show up. Okay. He's going to get involved. Look at verse 8. How does he get involved? And God is able to make all grace abound toward you. Why are they going to need grace? Because giving's not always easy. We're going to, I'm going to show you something else here about giving also, though. Why he says this. That ye, always having all sufficiency in all things, may abound to every good work. 
as it is written, verse 9, He hath dispersed abroad, he hath given to the poor, his righteousness remaineth forever. Now he that ministereth seed to the sower, both ministereth bread for your food, and multiplieth your seed sown, and increaseth the fruits of your righteousness. Well, so the one who gives you the seed, or the money, to the sower, right, to the Christians at Corinth, will also serve you with food and multiply the seed that you sown and also multiply your spiritual fruit. Now, wait a minute. In the natural world, the effect of giving money away is an empty billfold or a purse. Okay. Yep. Look. Now, Empty. Empty. There's going to be an effect here in a little bit. But but normally if you just give money away in the natural world, it doesn't just fly back to you. You've given it away, right? But in the spiritual realm, when we take our money and give it to the expansion of the kingdom of God in one fashion or form or one way or another, God gets involved in the reaping and causes us to get a return that would not be possible naturally. Do you doubt him? Do you doubt what he said? Well, wait, wasn't he able to speak the worlds into existence? Didn't just the... the, the he's, don't count your money now, brother. Wait later. Oh, this, thank you. Yeah. No, didn't God, didn't he speak the universe into existence? Didn't he speak at all? Listen, if God gets involved in our money giving, right, I think it'd be better for him to get involved than uh, uh, than the 12% return you might have on your IRA, hopefully at the end of your life. And I'm not against IRA. I think you ought to do that, right? I think it's not a prayer. If you're able to do it, then you should do it. But I, listen, I would much rather trust God in the return of my money than the stock market. Do you see how this kid just went from a billionaire to zero mm-hmm. in Bitcoin? Yep. It, what did Solomon say? It makes wings and it flies away. That's what it does in the natural world. Why? When you watch, when you're when you're dealing in your money outside of of God's will, it just makes like the rest of the world takes off. You ever get to the end of the year and look at your taxes and you go, "There's no way we made that. There is no way." And then you're like, where did it go? Right? And you're looking around. I'm like, I don't even see it. Where is it? I don't, I don't, there's no evidence that it was ever here. Right? So, so it'd be one thing if you had like, you know, some brand new car sitting there, but it's like, that's not even there. It's like, where did it go? Yeah. That's what happens. Can't God speak a return on your giving? I love Ecclesiastes 11.1. You can kind of pass over if you're not... You don't think about it too long. Cast your bread upon the waters, and after many days it'll return unto you. Cast your bread upon waters, and after many days, how does it go? No, you shall find it after many days. Not for thou shalt find it after many days. I always quote it wrong. You ever put bread, you ever been on a pond where there's ducks and you threw bread out at them? Okay. Okay, geese, whatever. And so... (laughs) What, what does bread do that doesn't get eaten? It just kind of disintegrates, doesn't it? 
How is it that bread cast on water, how is it possible for you to find it after many days? It's not possible, naturally. Right? But when God gets involved with your casting of bread, He can bring it back again. Right? I'm talking about increase. I'm talking about the laws of, within God's economy, in, in God's laws of cause and effect, of, of sowing and reaping, what is not naturally, uh, there is not naturally a reaction, the, the reaction to giving money away is an empty billfold. But in God's economy, the reaction to giving money to the kingdom of God is He blesses. He brings it back. Look, He multiplies. He sows. You reap. You're sowing and reaping. Listen to what Chamber, Oswald Chambers says. Oh, I can't afford it, we say. One of the worst lies is tucked up in that phrase. It is ungovernably bad taste to talk about money in the natural domain, and so it is spiritually, and yet we talk as if our Heavenly Father has cut us off with a shilling. We think it a sign of real modesty to say at the end of the day, Oh, well, I just, I've just got through, but it's been a severe tussle. And all the Almighty God is ours in the Lord Jesus. And He will tax the last grain of sand and the remotest star to bless us if we'd obey Him. Hmm. Do you know, it's, it's possible to get so worldly that we look at our finances like the world does. Yeah. I, I think too many Christians have, and as much as I appreciate and agree with what He does, I think too many Christians have worshipped at the altar of Dave Ramsey. No, he's, he's very, very useful information. I think a lot of people need it. But sometimes faith gets thrown out the window. You've got to have this, get this step, you've got to have that, you've got to do this. And that. Oh, no, listen, he, told, I, I don't want to believe, he tells all about giving. You know, you need to give, you need to give. He tells people that, you've got to give. But boy... What if you were convinced that it was God that became the effect when you became the giver? What if you're convinced of that? You know, what, what if somebody told you, uh, here, here's 100%, 100% uh, security on your return. Uh, you go ahead and go plant that. Uh, or you go ahead and send me $1,000 and I'll send you 10000 how many would do, I would do it, right? Would you'd be looking for? I mean, if it was guaranteed, right? Who wouldn't? That'd be that'd be an incredible return on your money. But wait a minute, the God of Heaven is involved when we get involved in giving. Yeah. How much would we give to the cause of the gospel if we knew God would increase our return? Now, be careful. I'm not preaching prosperity gospel. Remember the outline of verse 7? As he purposeth in his heart, not grudgingly, watch, or of necessity. Well, if I just give another $1,000, maybe I'll get 10000 Yeah. Yeah. It's probably not the right heart. Right. <laughs> yeah. Sowing, reaping, cause, effect. God's laws. God's laws. But when it comes to giving within the kingdom of God, however God has put it, puts it on your heart, 
however God, however the Holy Spirit of God has been working in you, maybe somebody has a need and it gets put heavy on your heart and you go, ooh. Or a missionary comes through, a pastor comes through, and the Holy Spirit of God goes, why don't you, help, why don't you be a blessing to them? Why don't you help them out? Right? I'm talking about that. Right? that that's a, listen, that's where God gets involved. That's where God gets involved. And we have the promise here. We have a promise. Now, he that ministereth seed to the sower both ministereth bread for your food and multiplieth your seed sown and increaseth the fruit of your righteousness. Wow. That's some compounding interest. Being enriched in everything to all bountifulness which causeth through us thanksgiving to God. What's your heart in giving? What's your heart like in giving? When was the last time the Holy Spirit of God prompted you to give something? might not be money, right? Maybe it was, there was a need that somebody had and it got on your heart and you just thought, boy. And you think, oh, I don't know. Can I encourage you? If the, if the God has ever done that, can I encourage you to trust Him? Trust Him. Because He's, pro- he's promised, really, to work contrary to His own law of sowing and reaping when it comes to money and giving. Yeah. Forget money for a minute. Remember the laws, cause and effect, sowing and reaping? How are we doing at sowing seed? As you see, he was sowing sparingly, shall also reap sparingly, and he was sowing bountifully, shall also reap bountifully. How are, we, how are we doing at sowing seed in our own community? Can I tell you, churches just don't grow on their own? Oh, so I, no, they don't. Cause and effect. Somebody does something. If you have trouble being a giver, the problem is a trust issue. You just don't trust the one who has promised to take care of you. Yeah. You know, I want God to help us. And you know what? I, I, I've known some of these people over the years that were just... just they were givers. Of course, it wasn't always money. It was just whatever. They just had this attitude of nothing really belonged to them and it was okay. And you just, I'm telling you, what an eat. They just didn't seem to really, I, I remember our neighbor, uh, Glenn Clark. I'll tell you, those, he'd give everything away. He'd give it away. You know what? You go borrow his truck. It didn't have a drop of oil in it. <laughs> I mean, you have to put oil in it. You have to do this. And the thing ran, and it ran, and it ran. And, I mean, he never did a thing to him. And, I mean, I think they still drive it. The thing, it was a late 80s Ford. They still have the thing. You know what? Can I borrow this? Sure. Okay, can we borrow the tractor? Yeah, okay. I mean, just give, 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 give. And you know what you notice? It's just like they never really lacked anything. They weren't mega millionaires. That's for, I mean, that was, they, didn't, they wouldn't have wanted that anyway. Yeah. They, were just, they had a heart to give. You know what I watched in them and others, and I've seen this, how God just shows up. And just gets, he gets involved. He gets involved when we start giving with a, good, a right heart. He gets involved. Trust Him, would you? Whatever He's leading you to do, whatever He wants you to do, would you trust Him? Would you trust him? He'll take care of you. 
Amen? Amen. He always has. Always will. Never been, the, day, what was it, the psalmist said, uh, you never seen the righteous forsaken, right? Or the, or, the, uh, or the godly go begging bread. I've totally messed that up. But uh, it's true. It's absolutely true. Let's be givers. May the world look at us in a, such a strange go, what on earth is with those people? Just givers. Givers. Father, thank you for the promise that you get involved in our giving. It really is somewhat con, uh, counterintuitive to even the laws of sowing and reaping cause and effect. Uh, we're not necessarily talking about giving money to the to the to the uh, uh, to the IRA or to the investment to watch the return that way. We're talking about giving money without a look for return necessarily. We're just giving. Giving to a need. Yeah. And when we do that with the right heart, you get involved. I'm so th- that's so neat. Father, would you help us to trust you? That we'd just be givers. That we'd be, well, really, Lord, that we'd be like you. That we'd just be givers like you. Help us to have that same heart. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand tonight. I don't know how the Lord's spoken to you. Maybe he's been putting something on your heart. Maybe there's a need out there that he's been putting on you and you just need to trust him in it. However it is. Be dismissed in a word of prayer tonight. Have a great rest of your week. And uh, remember those in prayer uh, that are healing up here. So, Brother Troy, would you close us in prayer tonight?